0: Right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And the countdown to Dakar Rally continues. Dakar Rally 2024 coming in hot starting January 5th. And, well, we have got a lot to talk about. Team Honda going six wide into the first stage. Should be interesting. We've got Kyle McCoy headed out in the Malamoto class. And the topic of today's discussion I don't even say topic. We're going to be on the phone with Mason, Lisa. And I think Carter's going to make a guest appearance. Talking 2024 Dakar Rally and their program. This year going as a privateer team, so we're going to find out a little bit more about what is going on with that, how that all came to be. A lot of great episodes, a lot of stuff coming up, and it is going to be in rapid succession, so make sure you are tuned in, subscribed, and ready to go. There's going to be a lot headed your way. As we get closer to the Dakar Rally, We'll start getting some more stuff out. So, if you got an idea of something you would like to hear from, one of the teams you would like to hear from, or, or any kind of the technical stuff, do not hesitate to reach out. If you're on Spotify, hit us up in the QA section. All of the other platforms, head on over to the Instagram at Chasing Waypoints. Send us a direct message and we will get in contact and see what we can do. We've got a lot going on. I think this is going to be a definite, definite, interesting. Dakar rally with a new chrono stage we're gonna ask Mason about that and see what they are thinking if there's any kind of strategy associated with it I think it is the first time seeing it for a lot of people so let's get on moving Let me get these guys queued up and it has been it's been rush hour you guys are listening to this this is like on the tail end of recording like four or five episodes already so having a lot of fun talking to a lot of great people of course lizzie helping coordinate all of that and the show continues i got a lot going on this is great 2024 gonna be a huge year we got a lot of stuff planned continue to grow i want to say welcome to all of our new subscribers this is crazy a lot of new people. A lot of questions coming in from around the world, which is really, really awesome. I'm absolutely stoked and excited. Looking to share more rally stories and how people are getting into rally. But with that being said, that is enough of an intro. Start turning the party down and get... Uh, get our phone together here. There he is. There he is. I was trying to figure out... Um, Which one we're calling here. So let's turn the party down. Hello. Hello. Is this Mason?
1: Yep. And (laughs) who who do we got? We got Lisa and Carter.
0: Very nice. Morning, guys. Good morning. All right. Everybody, everybody caffeinated.
1: Yeah, no, my mom actually took away the monster that was in the back of Lexi's car that I grabbed out this morning <laughs> and gave me some tea instead so I can boost my immune systems. Uh, yeah,
0: you're going to be doing some traveling coming up. <laughs> yeah, i <Okay. laughs> yeah, dang gotta, it. I know, you got to be ready for that stuff. But uh, monster's not good for you anyway.
1: Yeah, that's know. why I got the i don't think that's a problem you know i actually you know <laughs> monster ever since i started hanging out with the red bull people
0: <laughs> so you went from from nothing to drinking monster with all the red bull guys
1: yeah because it's like give me a hat
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just well, need like, some some B- some swag <laughs>
1: yeah like well, you know, Red Bull guys don't buy their Red Bulls, so why should I? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, it's—I think it's a fact—they're both good. Do you have a favorite?
0: Um, not yet.
1: Like choose Red Bull or Monster? What is your favorite from both, and which one wins overall?
0: Uh, well, for my uh, for my younger DJing days, I would say Red Bull won because that was usually accompanied with some other distilled potato juice. <laughs> or vodka in some circles. (laughs) Uh Hey guys, what's going on? This is Victor with the chasing waypoints podcast. Hey, super quick. We have got some news for you guys. So Mira Activewear. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the brand. You should be, you've seen their handiwork. If you've seen pictures of happy Dave and few of our other writers here in the States, but also in the Dakar rally, a lot of the top pros wearing their windbreakers, custom made uh, rally suits and things like that. They have been, Phenomenal. They are a very, very high quality product. Awesome printing design team, everything. But the reason we're interrupting this episode is they have got a fundraiser and promotional raffle going on right now between now and February. You want to get on over there so you can purchase a limited edition Mira bandana set. So three special designs. That will get you entered into the contest for a grand prize of a full rally suit. So check out all the rules and limitations, all that fun, you know, all that jargon. Get on over to the website. Link is in the description. And let's get back to the episode. Oh, man. So how are you feeling? Are you I mean, this is uh, for all intents and purposes. This has kind of been a, like a mad rush. I mean, I everybody was starting to wonder, is Mason going to go to the Dakar? You know, me too. And, and so walk me through what, what happened? What was the,
1: so beginning of the year, no, 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 no. like mid season, right? That's when we didn't know if I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I saw it as a pretty good opportunity to like take a break, maybe possibly grow up. Like I talked about this a bit before, like, you know, kind of annoying going into year three, it's mm-hmm. like, got it or you don't, you know? but the problem is I feel like I have it. And also the only reason I'm going to the car is because my mom is making me No, not true. But like, that's probably, <laughs> I can
0: it, see, I can see your mom rolling her eyes right now.
1: <laughs> definitely pushing me to go for it. Yeah. Obviously like the easy way out is definitely to not, definitely to not do all the work. Like it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know how many miles I just drove the last week, but just for doing suspension and been doing a lot of riding on the old version, doing a lot of stuff. Like it's, I'm basically building the bike, right? Like I'm bringing all my own parts. I'm bringing like half a bike and eight suitcases to Dubai to get ready for the race. Then when I get to Dubai, then we have to buy more stuff. Oh, wow. It's like, it's like making your own team, you know, like actually team manager stuff, but also I'm the writer. So it's like a lot of work. And then the money piece. And obviously, yeah. And then also you have to find the time to get the money, which is obviously number one priority.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And un- Unfortunately, that's the, uh, I mean, it's not like the U S government where they just print some money up and we're good to go. We, we have to work for it. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: And that was, things i told my mom before the cigar i said if we don't have the money we're not gonna go mm-hmm. and then like problem is then you start talking to so many people and even though we don't have the money we're still gonna go i mean we have like most of it paid for i think but uh yeah, yeah. it's like all the little things you know when you get a two thousand dollar bill here and a two thousand dollar bill there And ASO sends you an $11,000 bill. So that way, if you win the stage, you get a medal, which I'm not, because that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's
0: crazy. I mean, there's all like all these little, I I guess, I mean, it's to be expected, right? It's all these little costs that that sneak up. Like it's one thing for the entry fee, but then it's another when they start. Like, I know know that the Dakar has like payment deadlines. Like, oh, if we don't have a check by this, you know, they're like any other bill collector. So.
1: I got this year, and um we've been messaging the guy like crazy. I think his name is Ronan mm-hmm. Um, don't want to get him in trouble. I don't think he will get in trouble for this. But yeah, he's made it obviously possible because I think we turned in our first payment like a couple weeks late. Mm-hmm. late.
2: Yeah. So. I think Mason really struggled with fundraising for a third year, like, your friends and your family and people in North American rally or actually all over the world mm-hmm. want to see you there. And they think it's important to grow the sport, but Mason feels like a third time people get a little bit fatigued by your ask. Mm-hmm. So then you're sort of challenge to ask different people and it's difficult to, it's difficult to find people when your your circle, you know, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> your ass
1: getting bigger and bigger. You think about, like, all the other people that also want to go to the car, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there. it's like the saying, right? Like, you got to do what's right for you first. Like, you have to make sure you can survive before you help other people. Yeah. But also, like... I got in the car twice this is what i was thinking before i took everybody's help and whatever to get there mm-hmm. but i would think like you know people like ryan arino want to go one day you know yeah like i'm not the only one to go yeah.
2: i think just being thoughtful about the resources you're taking from people is you know obviously you have to be grateful and all that but you know, only take as much as you need and save some for the other people. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, obviously well, Lisa, you're going to, you would know better than anybody that I've, I think I've talked to is, is the amount of like coordination and just how big of an undertaking this is, especially, you know, we want to say later in the game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because Mason's really good with the bike piece of it Mm -hmm. and He knows what equipment he needs, but everything else is not really his thing. Um, Travel, (laughs) uh, wire transfers, um, just communication with the ASO, uh, just, I don't know, the medical checks you need. There's just, there's kind of a lot and it's like, it's not like I'm a stay at home mom. So it's really like a second job sometimes. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough, but I think it's important if you want to be a rally racer, it's important for Mason to be there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, everyone says it's kind of the only important race of the year. (laughs) It's
1: the only one that matters.
0: Yeah. I think that's, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because it, it is, you know, the results from the Dakar, even though, I mean, the manufacturers know it, you know, the a good result at the Dakar will literally sell bikes on what in this case is going to be January 20th, you know. Right. So depending on what team's on top, who's doing what, you know, that's, I mean, even, you know, and I, this is obviously it's a very important piece of the puzzle, even with Kove. You know the fact that they finished last year, the way that the, the bikes even just finished, you know, regardless of the position, that for sure had a bottom uh, an effect on the bottom line. So, yeah. I can, you know, for for a racer as as well, you know, being there, getting getting the event done, and I don't know, my my personal, I, I feel like it kind of sucks, right? You could be a great rally racer everywhere else, but then people will judge you like, well, you haven't done the Dakar, you haven't finished a Dakar, yeah. oh, going. Dude, I, I ride six Dakars a year, you know. <laughs> just because yeah. I don't do the Dakar doesn't mean, you know. So I guess it's, yeah. I don't know. That's a little bit. So
1: that's also my face compared to all the other ones. Like, it's the only one with navigation and like riding. Yeah. That like, house, sure, uh, Morocco, also, Morocco, super good.
0: Morocco and like, Saudi.
1: The style of navigation. I feel like they actually put a little bit more effort into, you know, like the navigation is actually tricky and you can get really lost. And the riding is like what I'm used to the rocks and desert and big washes. And all the other races, I feel like are just WRC style, like flat track everywhere, motocross rider stuff,
0: hang, hanging a leg off back in the bike into a corner.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You have have spread out. Across the desert like hair now start and in andalusia or i don't know what are the other races but Sonora, it's, it's like you're on a straight you just fall in the one track if you're not like you're the one opening everybody sees exactly where you went and they're going to take the same line because it's the fastest line yeah. but audi you can cut the desert as much as you want and it's up to you to find the fastest line
0: yeah yeah, fast, fastest distance between the, uh, or shortest distance between the waypoints wins, right?
1: That's how I've been riding. Nice. Even in even in the prologues, I cut the course. And they say it's like not allowed, right? But also, I pretty much did the course because I got all the waypoints.
0: Yeah. Well, and that was, uh, that's an interesting, I heard about it, uh, I think it was on the last prologue that they said, yeah, no, like cutting the course, but then from a few different people, I heard that there were, there were still lines. People were still doing it. It's not like it was a.
1: <laughs> and at that one, I'm pretty sure I was like the first one to make the lines. I was pretty stoked. So it's all the top guys that are cheating. snowing one back further back because I was the first one. Yeah. And so, so that's a, like crazy jacked up thing, right? Like everybody, it's everybody else that's doing the race.
0: Yeah. you're not not the only one everybody's in (laughs) on that same party so (laughs) so
1: but also be able to read the road book and say there's a waypoint at this kilometer and like let's say there's a waypoint at kilometer 20 i know i can get off the course as much as i want until then mm -hmm. like i'm at kilometer 15 and there's no waypoint till 20 i can take it easy like for the stress of waypoints and stuff like that
0: yeah yeah, you have That's you just focus work. on on the riding side of it. Like you can turn off the navigation for a second, let the brain yeah. relax, and then and then just ride.
1: Yeah, like for sure, you're, there's still notes in between, and you got to make the left or the right, but you don't have to make sure you hit the left exactly on the center. You can cut the corner a bunch, and like you can be more flowy, you mm-hmm. know. But when there's a waypoint, it's full focus. Do everything exactly perfect. They exact course or you're going to be losing time. You're going to miss a waypoint and to get a penalty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's that, like, you won't be able to make that time up. You have to ride way, way faster to, to get it, which is almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. You got to count on somebody else making a missing a waypoint and, and help balance things out. Yeah. So you guys have been, so, uh, Carter, you, you and Mason, you guys have been racing or, I mean, for, I don't know how many years now but doing a lot of testing on the on the bikes currently what's uh how has that been on um, the cove or the cove well, and, and you,
2: uh, so, K, so Carter is a KTM supported writer.
1: Ah. Nice. So he's been doing a lot of stuff on his KTM because like we said he's only supported, he doesn't get paid.
0: Yeah. Um but definitely out out riding. Well, that's actually you know that's actually uh, an interesting one, and we haven't yeah. talked, we haven't actually done a, a, an episode. But Carter, you just got done with the uh, with the thousand. Yeah. How was the?
1: Uh, <laughs> the important part.
0: The important yeah, something about a top podium, <laughs> first place, <laughs> something like that.
1: <laughs> up there with nope. all the other
2: guys. No big deal. You no. Carter yeah. got him. Sort of last minute,
1: and it was like, I don't know, maybe two weeks before. Carter got the call, didn't answer it. I got the call saying, Make Carter answer the call. <laughs> uh, answer the call. It's like, I said, Give me two days and I'll figure out if I can even get everything ready to go. Yeah. Put the whole chase crew, him, my dad, Felipe, mm-hmm. uh, bike to pre run. They, they showed up with three bikes, two or three bikes, two bikes, two 500s, all the spare parts. They are like more prepped than anyone else out there pre-running. Nice. Doing it right. Put in the work. Smoked everybody in a section. Yeah. Probably I, the I, part of the whole race. Yeah. The a course. lot of people are saying I had the hardest section
0: in the race. Oh, I could and tell you, you do. Would- <laughs> <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes San Felipe. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, yeah, we could we could tell. What do you
1: want to do the liaison roads or the freaking riding?
0: Well, I mean, basically basically that's what they did. Everybody did not to talk trash, but everybody did the liaison to Carter's section. (laughs) Yeah, really? It is all fire roads. I mean, a lot of it. Yeah, there's some rough sections and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The silt beds are not, you know, something to be messed with, but. You know, 70 miles, I mean, what, that Zoo Road section, 70-some-odd miles just to three poles is all whoops the whole way.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it's also important to mention that Carter's a teammate, Chavo, mm-hmm. the isn't reason Carter could be there, showed up and raced with a broken leg. So, like, it was like, a lot of trash talking. Yeah. I mean,
3: so, uh, pre-running, mm-hmm. I just... I don't think it was a bad crash, but he broke one of the two bones in his lower part of his leg. And I, he, everybody saw him walking around, and it, he was walking around fine. Like, like, there's no way there's anything wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And he got home, got extra, and it was just like clean through. It, I was like, there's <laughs> no way.
0: Ow. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. He was, was like, crazy. He, did, he didn't. Yeah. He just got on the bike, did what he could, right? Traded. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, started and, it, made up some time, and then, I mean, it was yeah, a whole I, process.
2: A good, good experience for Carter. I think he's, like, the youngest person to win,
1: be on a winning team or whatever. First right? time KTM's won Baja 1000. Carter's probably the youngest to win on a bike overall. I
2: you're, the, you're probably the Baja historian, but... No. Um,
0: <laughs> I wish I knew more. I, I only recently more... I come from the car background, so...
3: <laughs> you probably know way more than us. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. But definitely, uh we agree. You you had the toughest section, but at least you got a little bit of chocolate cake, no?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the wet dirt was good until we got up in the mountains and I couldn't see. When I was on San Felipe we had a yellow lens on the bike. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the lights a little bit brighter and the lens I feel, felt like was dimming it down. Mm-hmm. So I flicked that thing off and Definitely could have used up in the fog in the mountains.
1: Granted he was running Moto Minded Baja Designs helmet light setup along with two Baja designs lights on the front. Yeah, my section was pretty long nobody had brighter lights than Carter and it wasn't enough for him. Yeah, I I had like
3: five and a half hours on the bike or something like that. So almost six hours, I think, and my battery pack for the helmet light died with like two hours to go. So that was like a problem on our end not testing stuff and figuring out.
1: We thought Stop. Not enough time. They honestly. ran the light right in the hotel or whatever, like timed it. And the hotel was okay, but in the race, maybe something with the temperature or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, colder, was- colder temps. Lithium batteries don't like colder temperatures.
1: Yeah, it was it was cold
3: for sure up in the mountains, especially after I was soaked. And you said you went off that cliff, Gardner? Yeah, oh, yeah, so.
0: Uh, <laughs> Let's not skip over that.
3: <laughs> I'm not the only one to do it. We'll get to that. Um, uh, so you come. I don't even know Mexico. So you, you do. It's right before you get on the highway section to go to the goat trail mm-hmm. up that up like that canyon. Mm-hmm. So I was pre run. I pre ran that, and when I pre ran, I. Colton, you'd always tell me there's two lines, and apparently he made that line. And there's a drop in to the left of where I went off like the 15 foot drop. Cool. Oh. So I pre ran it, whatever, never saw this, but on Fish Kiss Sticks, whatever Instagram, I saw like a car at the bottom of it. Like they took a picture of it and they're like, watch out for this. And I'm <laughs> leading whatever. I'm, I'm probably doing like 80 down this road and it got dark like i could tell it was something like something dropped out i don't know i was like i fully locked it up i like got to the edge and was like rock off of it straight to flat you look down the how the bike lights pointed straight forward huh dude (sighs) there's no light below you no yeah i i could tell it was like a drop because you know right it gets dark
0: yeah Yeah, there's a certain darkness, certain abyss.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but I went off that, and after the race, I talked to Clayton about that, and he said he went off the same thing, but he ended up crashing or something. I mean, he kept going, but
1: you see everybody's line, right? Like you just there's no tracks. The rain wash all the tracks away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that other thing, like being the first
3: one through, like there's no tracks. And Clayton was telling me, like I got lost, and I guess he was like kind of on the same line as me. I kind of started going up the biggest hill there when I was supposed to be going up the wash, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I was in circles, for sure. I he was just,
1: looking for waypoint. He missed a the waypoint. Had to turn around. Waypoint.
3: <laughs> That's oh, alley. I didn't. I didn't turn around. I went like straight across through the trees. Like so, it was a wash that split, and I was like, "Oh, they must have put the VCP like midway into the other track." Mm-hmm. But I knew faster, so I went straight across through the trees, and I like somehow picked it up. Nice and. That was that was earlier into my section at like 1070 yeah. but um I don't know that that stuff up in the mountains was pretty scary the Great cliff part the going on? The, there was a video people did a flip in a car yeah there's a there is a video of a
0: razor going off that and doing a front flip Ugh. yeah that was uh, I think that was definitely <laughs> the weather made it tricky like yeah it, I'm sure it probably made the riding better. But like you're saying, you know, now you're worried about washouts, and and it doesn't take much of a washout, to yeah, I mean, <laughs> to like, send you for a ride.
3: I think it was heavy enough, you know, to wash every single line away. Couldn't see anything, but it made it nice because <laughs> the locals that drove out and the other washes down in San Felipe, like uh, Colton taught me this, you like ride on hit the the like car line, and you could see when they go over a rock, the rock will be sticking out of the line. Mm-hmm. So I on like those lines and the places those guys go out to out there is just insane like that sand is so deep to drive your two-wheel drive vehicle out there and i don't know stay out there for the night yeah come through
0: though yeah that's definitely uh it's it's an interesting thing you'll be in the middle of nowhere and have exactly zero ideas on how anybody could get out there but yet they're there (laughs) in a honda civic (laughs) I mean, a lot of the
3: times I was waking the people up, like they'd be on cots and stuff. Yeah. I rolled up, actually, I don't know if I should say this, but I rolled up to like one of those Baja pits and they're like all laying down in their cots. And I was like, I need some gas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be, I mean, that's, they got to be on their toes. There's got to be, you know, I've, I've seen and I've camped out with some of the Baja pits guys. And, and yeah, I mean, they, they do a great service, but, yeah, they need to be uh, on something like that. Lead bike, like they should know mile by mile, pretty much where you're at. because <laughs> yeah. coming in hot. <laughs> yeah,
3: sure. I rolled up. I was like, "There's no way." <laughs> they oh. jumped up quick, but I was like, "I need gas."
0: Oh crap! Was this a self-service pit? <laughs> Did they just leave the uh, the quick fill out for you?
3: <laughs> I was gonna grab it.
0: <laughs> you're all fine. I'll just do it myself. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in a little bit of a hurry here. You know, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying yeah. to rain on your parade.
3: <laughs> no, but the experience down there was good, and nice. I I want to go back, but I don't know. Yeah, just we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, first uh, first Baja race.
3: Yeah, yeah, first time riding down there.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to see, and well, yeah, you did, uh, I mean, notoriously known, I mean, those washes, the washes down in San Felipe, the whoop sections, um, that's as bad as it, you know, as bad as it gets. And the interesting thing is, is that if you run that section, you guys ran north out of San Felipe, if you turn around and ride it heading in, it's a whole nother, like, it might as well be in another country. Like, the, the whoop, the face of the whoop isn't as sharp, and I mean, it's like you could go yeah as fast as you can you know
3: oh you're talking about because it's like hitting a wall when you're going north
0: yeah and and a big wall you know 40 inch truck you know trophy yeah. truck tires that <laughs> they kind of make a little hole
3: yeah the whoops are definitely huge yeah i kind of remind too in one of the sections
0: okay yeah so, so there are some similarities of the stuff that you've raced out here
3: yeah, I mean, at a GP race, just like the size of the whoops that get created, they're just <laughs> mad.
0: the holes at that point. I don't even know if it's if it's still considered a whoop. Yeah, nice,
3: they're crazy,
0: very nice. So, are you gonna be? Uh, are you gonna uh, head over to Dakar this year? Uh, to help support? Now, okay. Too much dinero. Yeah, yeah. It's uh It's oh
3: yeah. I have a race also on the twenty.
0: Oh okay nice oh, gotta yeah. get ready very nice yeah that's uh. I mean you do about how many races are you doing a year
3: uh, probably 15 like because like just the local stuff and like best in the desert if we go to those but the Heron Hounds should have eight series or eight rounds this year nice should- there's six right now I heard there's supposed to be eight I don't know we'll see
0: yeah nice very nice. And so you're like uh, like mom mentioned, you're on the KTM right that for four fifties? Or yeah. okay.
3: Last year was my first year. I ended up
0: third in the championship. Nice. Yeah, that was after graduating out of the uh, the two fifty class. Yeah. Right? Nice. Top yeah. yeah, I left with
3: the championship.
0: There you go. <laughs> oh, you moved you moved up. So many I'm um, I'm used to on the car racing side of it, so many people love to sandbag. <laughs> so it's like it's awesome, you know. Win when the championship, move on up and then obviously, you know, get in uh get some podiums and get it going. I mean it is it is it really that big a gap, a race two fifty to a race four fifty as far as the bike goes, horsepower, that kind of thing.
3: Big time. Okay. Top speed right away. You can still get beat by two fifty, but the power is in Ty it. Renshaw built my race motor for last year. Or this year. And that thing was ripping.
0: Spicy. for sure, <laughs> Extra spicy.
3: I think Dalton could tell you. At nice. the start, he wasn't stoked after the race.
0: <laughs> Oops. He gave you more power than than he was?
3: And he's one of them get ECUs. Brings uh, my... Tyson really helped out with my ECU. That's my so- bike pulled hard, for sure.
0: Nice. So... That's something I mean it definitely, you know, kinda of going back to uh to Mason on that. You've been doing Mason, you've been doing a lot of testing, like literally like these last couple of weeks, right? I've been keeping up. Yeah. I, I am a subscriber on your Instagram. Yeah. So for those playing the home game, you're not gonna get that kind of insight unless you get subscribed. But you've been doing <laughs> Yeah, see? It's not that bad. Yeah, help support the cause.
1: My suspension settings the other day. I almost did it.
0: I don't oh, want to give away too much of the secret sauce, but
1: at the race when it's kind of too late for most people, I mean, no one's running what I'm running. Yeah, what I have is pretty dang good from Brandon Peterson at HM. Mm-hmm. I ended up calling up Colton Udall because I know he's like the guy when it comes to Honda, right? And he's been helping Carter a lot. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to need some help for this, the car. I'm going to want to have a chance. And he was like, well, you need some Brandon Peterson suspension then. Yeah. So basically, like, I've met Brandon before, but he did, like, the int- the real introduction, I guess. Like, I guess he did the convincing. Mm-hmm. And um, since then, Brandon's been helping me these last couple weeks and been doing a lot of driving, a lot of testing. Like, bring the bike out to the Fenstermaker's property near Colton Udall. Mm-hmm. Riding with Colton Udall, except he went to Mexico. So, um, anyways, just try to take the advice from everybody. Yeah. Um, adjust the clickers. Bring it back to A H M. Put get the clickers back in the middle by changing the valving a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my suspension was really close, like actually from the beginning, because obviously Brandon has a lot of experience with Showa and stuff. Like, he did some calculation with the springs and the valving and was able to like adapt a four fifty X desert setting to my cove and I was actually really impressed. So nice. That's good. Um, the hard part about rally is like getting a bike that works on flat roads and for going off cliffs like Carter or <laughs>
0: <laughs> Carter, who does I- your suspension? Uh, HM. Okay. HM too. Nice.
1: And, uh, yeah, I think the main thing for me is like, I want the bike to work good in the rocks, and when I make that stupid mistake where I accidentally lo- launch off a dune or a cliff, and when I land, I don't want to break my wrists or my ankles. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something my uh, KTM did pretty good in the past with the WP guys. hmm like, Would have found a pretty good setting, and I think we're pretty close now with Brandon. Yeah. And it, everything changes once you get to the race, right? Like, that's when you know if you did a good job testing at home. Like, that's when you really know. <laughs> And, yeah, never actually ridden my race bike yet. I've mm-hmm. uh, just got some pictures of it this morning in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Of the, new, I think I sent them to our group chat. Yeah. Uh, the American Rally group chat. Pretty fire stuff over there. It is. Uh, we just, you know, plenty of good information coming from the Facebook Messenger group, local Ryan Arino, and everybody all about all things Rally. North America, Canada, guys. Yeah. Mexico. All of
0: it. Yeah, that you know, and that's an interesting like I saw the pictures and and you know, we've talked to, to Gary, and I know that you're gonna be getting the Gen two bike when you get out, you know, you get out there, uh, new engine. Right. Yeah. And, and my understanding is is that they put the thing on a diet, it's like I think I heard ten kilos loosely. I don't know. There's been some weight loss in that it's engine
1: 30 pounds less but it's supposed to hold another gallon of gas okay and I, pictures yeah like the bar mount, a lot of the things are like they get a lot of the main things right and then they just like screw up the little things i
3: mean at least the bar
1: mounts aren't cast anymore like okay. the the <laughs> bar mounts look good but the bar risers they put them on look like they'll just freaking snap off yeah mm. so for sure, there's work to do when I get to Dubai, yeah. but it's kind of expected, right? Like, because obviously they don't know, they don't have the experience that all the other companies and brands have. Mm-hmm. But I feel like just into the, the break, yeah. Like the handguard is bolted straight into the caliper of the cr- the clutch in the front brake. The so the I'm yeah, yeah the master owner. So I'm bringing uh, some of Cherry's handguards, the wraparound ones, mm-hmm. and. The new ones are all full plastic, but yeah, yeah. just the just the
0: little things. You know, I wonder. It's it's interesting. I mean, the like on the triple clamp setup. You know, who of the bike? You know, if somebody already has one that could be adapted to work.
1: Yeah, it seems like a full on and. I really hope their new trip clamps aren't different, and I can bring my same forks. Otherwise, I got to make that work when I get there. Mm-hmm. So many little things that they do similar, you know?
0: Yeah,
1: like a lot. Most things are really, really close. Like mm, the front rotor. This is the silliest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Their front rotor size stock is a two eighty eight. Mm-hmm. You can't buy that from any rotor company anywhere ever, right? So. Like I have to, I have to, because I'm running the Honda front end. The bike comes with the Nissan caliper, mm-hmm. but it's a little different than like the newer style. So I had to get a new caliper, new adapter, and I need to bring all my own front rotors because the rotor size they pick is just different than everybody else.
0: Yeah, like usually they're different. what three? It's either what three twenty or two eighty.
1: Yeah, like two two sixty mm-hmm. 280. Uh, 298 Got it. Like $298, the car size for all the other companies, right? Like, that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just bought some Moto Master rotors the other day from Technical Touch. Nice. That was not cheap.
0: No, I've seen their, uh, I've seen the prices. I, I have shiny object syndrome, so I've been looking to put that on my 501.
1: I just got the two instead of the 300 because for one, they didn't have it in stock. And also I've been running it. I think the floating rotor makes a big difference over the not floating rotor. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be enough yeah. just bleeding the brakes every day, like normal. And I'm not too worried about it. The rear rotor actually, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of thick. It's like five millimeters or something. Ooh. Four p-
0: Uh, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it has to handle heat, but it's crazy that it would go that big. And I mean, and that, that thing looks like Swiss cheese too. These guys, (laughs) they they did not, you know, they weren't worried about losing the material on it. Yeah. So nice. So what, um, as far as development and the stuff that you've already learned, has uh, Have you talked to Covey? Have they made any changes to the bike that they're, they're bringing to you? Like any kind of setup stuff so that they're...
1: Something that I was really surprised to see, I asked originally, was to have clear front tanks, right? Like made out of a clear. Mm-hmm. And originally they said there's not enough time, right? And I just got these pictures and actually the tanks are clear underneath. So I'll actually be able to see how much fuel is in the bike. Nice. I know a rear tank. But anyways, I need to bring a sander and do a new paint job because uh, Effective Soft helped us design the graphics and we explained to them we needed in these colors and that didn't happen. So that was pretty disappointing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's nothing you can't fix when you get there, right? Like, so it's, it's just like the little things mm-hmm. that we're working on. But I think um, me and my dad, Felipe, Montana Mike, mm-hmm. uh, and friend Jesus from Spain, he runs the China racing road racing team uh-huh. in Spain. Like he's a team manager for them. And the way he runs a team is actually proper. So we've been working together and he's out there right now looking at all tools and spare parts, going over the bike and making sure I'm ready. I was originally on like the 15th or the 16th, but I realized I needed more days. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, you're I got my suspension all loaded up yesterday. So, okay, everything is to the last minute. Not finished packing, actually, still waiting on new gear bags Is nice. all we have is KTM OGO bags. Ah,
0: are you getting yeah. the uh sticking with OGO or what are you doing?
1: Yeah, normally I like OGO, but also we're trying to find something that doesn't weigh so much because mm. when you can only have 50 pounds in each bag. I'm at like eight gear bags right now. Oh, oh, We're the whole team, right? Like, we are the team.
2: I don't recommend it.
0: No, <laughs> yeah. dude. I mean, you you would think that. Uh, I mean, the airlines are going to love you <laughs> because of you know
1: baggage I'm fees. And now I have actually double. So, wow.
2: Yeah, and you you have to worry about. Your suitcase is making it too. Like,
1: if anything doesn't show up, I'm a
2: little bit screwed. Mason had, I think, four gear bags delayed like two weeks coming home. Yeah. So you kind of have to like plan your flight so you get like a direct flight because if you have. (laughs) you know, two or three layovers, the chances of your bags not making it on the next plane or
1: if my suspension doesn't show up, I'll be really, really, really not as competitive. <laughs> yeah.
0: in an, in, but, a, in not the right place. I mean, you know, what's I'm, <laughs> Is that something though that you might be able to plan? I don't know, maybe hedge your bets and say like, okay, worst case scenario, I need these springs and I need a shim stack that looks like this and this will get me close enough.
1: Yeah, for sure. A big thing is the springs, but I don't know, man. There's not the one suspension guy I found. He's leaving like the day after I arrived. So he's going to help me do everything. I can, I learned how to service everything the other day, literally yesterday. Um, A lot of it is similar to the WP components. Mm -hmm. So getting used to it is, I think, not so difficult. But uh, when it comes to doing the valving, I don't even actually even know how to read a shim setting list so that's like definitely on the list of things i need to learn still yeah Yeah. do most except for the suspension because i always just say oh i'll just let the professional do it because you know it's going to be done proper and it's like the safety thing right Mm -hmm. the motor blows up in the air that's whatever but like as long as you get to the air
0: yeah well yeah i mean that's it's crazy how big of a a, how big a deal suspension will change the whole the entirety of the bike and it could go from dangerous to safe and vice versa
1: yeah you uh, see like the videos of people's forks collapsing or i don't know the forks just fall out of the top tube that's kind of why i was like really serious about getting the suspension done properly like yeah. having proper suspension so going to hm was no brainer for sure
0: yeah yeah, they're. Uh, I'm definitely seeing. Well, obviously, we've been seeing their stuff on on a lot of the Baja bikes and, and abroad. I mean, you're, it's pretty easy to pick out their logo, which has been,
1: which yeah, has been really awesome. They have Ty Masterpool, another privateer guy doing everything on his own, basically getting crazy finishes. So, kind of, it's pretty cool of them to support everybody. Nice. So, and they have the experience. So, yeah.
0: Like little little by little, and so Carter kind of mentioned it earlier uh, about uh, helping uh, helping tuning and some ECU stuff and so what yeah. else uh, <laughs> it sounds like you do a lot I've, I I'm not even gonna ask do you do you build engines and and suspension on the kitchen table?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there.
0: How, how do we do this? How, how does this work?
1: <laughs> so, uh, great garage better in the house. You can't beat it. <laughs> yeah. Huge working area in the living room table. TV you know. for YouTube to look it up. Yeah, like, <laughs> you can't beat it.
0: Yeah, it makes it makes complete sense. Yeah, I would love to have dinner, but since the top end is completely disassembled on the kitchen table.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we, we just... Sit on the couch for dinner and keep the important stuff on the table. Oh,
0: gotcha. <laughs> so there's nicks in the table that we know that are definitely not from cutlery. It's <laughs>
1: yeah, but it's not engine not case super- from gluing the puzzles together. We've
2: had a a KTM engine on our Lazy Susan on our kitchen table for a couple of days before. <laughs> you were really excited about it
1: you- when you get a factory motor at your house. Like, how do you not just leave it? In the living room. For Put a it on while. the
2: middle of the kitchen table and spun it around every time he ate cereal.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a, you know, it's a cool centerpiece, you know. That's
1: a, it is a win. That's normal,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, right in a moto, moto house, right?
1: <laughs> and when I, when I, when we got the cove, my whole family rode the bike through the house. Even Lexi. Uh, well, not my mom. Well, she was you, mad, but you've been to our house. You can basically yeah. ride the
2: front door and out the back door. It's yeah, So way.
1: we all, we were doing laps around the house and the pit stop was mid house. Then we did the rider swap and then that's, we just basically did a race. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. That's wild. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are up in an area. I mean, that's, um, it's cool because you you have I mean besides having to ride through the house or wanting to ride through the house you could just basically go out your backyard and you've got a bunch of road books and stuff out of there no?
1: Yeah, it's been super cool. We did uh, we had a guy his YouTube channel is Ever Ride. hmm Name is Tyler from Ever Ride and another guy Dirt Bike B Y K. Yeah. Uh, they came out here. We did some cool stuff. Like we just left on our coves. Lexi took the dirt bikes, uh side by side into the mountains. My brother came, did a full day of riding. The next day, Jubal Brown, the mm-hmm. media website guy for Cove and a bunch of other crazy companies. Mm-hmm. He came up the next day and Carter and I did like a photo shoot with their gear. We just all left from the house. Nice. Right? And we said, hey, bring your Cove. It's a ride day.
0: Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I think that's a definite uh a definite plus to be able to just train, you know, right out of the gate. You don't have to like drive anywhere to, to really do it. I mean, obviously I'm sure you're, you're driving to places, but you know, if you need to test something really quick, I think that's, that's the ideal. Yeah. Ideal setup.
1: It's nice. So, so like, we're really good for fitness and like technical riding. Mm-hmm. But that was the problem I found when I was doing the testing with my cove is like, you want to set your bike up for the desert. You actually have to go to the desert. Like that's why I had to go drive an hour and a half away, set up camp at my friend's house near Johnson Valley. And like, that's basically where I was doing all the testing is like big bear Johnson Valley area. Yeah. That
0: that kind of jives a little bit more with what you see out in, uh, in Saudi. Yeah. Obviously not the dune part, but at least the rougher sections.
1: For me, the worst part about testing is mm-hmm. like what you have to test for is is the bike gonna mm-hmm. throw you on the ground? Or are you gonna get hurt really bad when you hit something at 100 miles an hour? The no. problem is to test like that, like to test for that, you have to actually fast and risk like getting really hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, you can do it in slow increments, right? Like, you find the confidence, like, work on it, mm-hmm. but also. Like if you you have to know that your bike's gonna work that speed when you get to the race, that's why it's important to do it here. Like, yeah. if you get to, it takes you three days to be comfortable riding the bike fast. You lost so much time, right? Like to hesitate, let off the gas over the roller, like the little bump and the dunes, and like I've never actually had so much time on my suspension and stuff since this year i guess and when i get to dubai hopefully i have another 10 days on the race bike yeah
0: yeah i kind of figure that that out i mean it'll be really curious to see you know that you've been spending so much time on the gen 1 and then go to the gen 2 in short order and see how like you really note the improvements
1: yeah i'm excited i hear the motor is way better um i know neil's is out there riding the new bikes and i haven't heard anything from them but if it's anything like the Gen One, I think it's enough. It's enough to win a stage, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, the pace the bike can hold, I think, is definitely there. Like,
0: yeah, now
1: like a lot of riders set up like the little things, you know, like what height you can have your bars at, right? Like, that's yeah. that's I think it's a dirt bike. It's got a motor, a frame, handlebars, suspension.
0: Yeah, but it's like it's figuring out every like every last little thing i mean the the bar bend because i mean it's one thing to like okay well i've got a 250 mile race you know no big deal you know we mm-hmm. you don't notice that maybe this or that as quickly but now add you know 20 days or 15 days of racing long like literally long distances every single day except for the rest race day uh, rest day all the little things did I pick the right grips? Is this the right bar bend? Is the you know, is the lever yeah, in the right position?
1: My own bars. I'm bringing my own suspension. Uh, I still haven't confirmed if I have tires or not. I think most of this stuff is still coming to Dubai, but I have no idea. Yeah. So I'm trying to bring basically a whole bike just in case.
0: Yeah. All the all the critical critical components. Yeah. Nice.
1: Like, so, I'm pretty confident with my dad and Felipe and Montana Mike, like the yeah. work, work done. Whatever needs to happen, the bike is going to be ready every morning, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's a known recipe. You guys have been doing this for, for a while.
1: Yeah. like yeah. We've been work, working together for a long time. Everybody's friends were able to be around each other. More. Pretty important.
0: Yeah. More or less since you've been born. <laughs> making the it's a team effort it's been a team effort for a while so i'm curious
2: i have a friend that will take a month off their personal life and their company that they you know felipe is a contractor and has a huge company Mm -hmm. and that's a pretty big sacrifice to have a friend that would be willing to do that and come sleep in a tent and obvious. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, and that's, uh, so let's, uh, I, w- I was curious to know about that. Like we're getting, I mean, it's getting, obviously it's getting close to countdown. Mason's getting ready to head out uh, to do testing and, and start, you know, on that that side of it. But at least on, on your guys, like what are the things that are left? Like, I mean, is this still a bunch of question marks on things? I mean, is everything kind of dialed in and has due dates? I mean, what is it What does the business side of this look like?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, if you're asking about money or logistics,
0: just logistics.
2: The logistics are (laughs) Mason and Larry flying out on the 20th, and Felipe and Montana Mike are coming. I think the 29th. Um. So Mason and Larry are going to miss Christmas. And Mike and Felipe are going to miss New Year's Eve. But uh, so basically they fly into Dubai and then from Dubai, they'll fly into Alula Mm -hmm. and spend the night New Year's Eve. And then they're going to wait for Mason. So what became apparent to me or really necessary right away is even though Mason raised enough money to get a camper, Mm -hmm. you you, you really need more than that because you have you need to try. four people and you have eight gear bags and you need a canopy and tents and you need a generator and maybe all all you know air compressors and things that you can't just like go put in your suitcase so we mason did um engage dusco to kind of sup- basically, can we park next to you and can you handle some of the, lo- the logistics? So they handled helping him rent a camper and they brought it to Barcelona and put it on the boat and they'll pick it up from the port in Yanbu and deliver it to the bivouac and then kind of be uh, the people that they can piggyback off of. Wow. Um, so obviously that. Is a big cost, so you're paying basically for a support team, but you're still doing all your own work. You're bringing your own mechanic. I really just needed the
1: the vehicle to tow the stuff. Yeah, that's the main thing. Uh, maybe a tire, maybe a compressor.
2: I I just I think that I there's know. enough to do on a daily basis that three or four of the things that you need extra help for, you really, you don't want to sk- skip out on obviously everything budget consideration. So you're trying to like do everything as cheap as you can, but you also have to set yourself up to succeed. If you're going to take the leap and go there Yeah, and you know, it's, it's pretty easy to, you know, hit up all your friends and local businesses or whatever, but really there's a couple people that help Mason in larger chunks that he should, you know, talk about a little bit because those are the people that really made it possible for him to, everybody made it possible, right? Everybody made it possible, but um, there's some major sponsors of
1: his, I have a real title sponsor for the first time. This is my first time having a helmet sponsor, you know, nice. Pretty exciting, Effective soft. The his, the guy's name is Alex and we've done some rally stuff with him in the past. Mm-hmm. If you saw him, you'd know who he is. Mm-hmm. You probably know who he is anyways, but yeah. I'm sure most people in the American rally scene know who he is.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we actually talked to him yesterday. So you'll
1: yeah, uh... his company, okay. When we talk about the level of racing, you know, mm-hmm. For sure, what he does can make you go up like pretty easy, insane amounts. Like thinking about the technology that you can implement, like KTM and Honda, they do a little bit right with the the ride-by-wire and the electronic throttle body, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about like software like for navigation to make it easier or like not easier but like the navigation will still be hard but the way you can see the navigation mm-hmm. like if they have this electronic or uh, like the ipad you know mm-hmm. electronic road book and nobody can see it who's going to be the first to make it seeable you know yeah and i think there's like a lot of stuff we can do
0: yeah to help continue. I mean, that, that's been the biggest thing, right. Is the cost entry barrier for, for people to get into rally The availability of road books, What's the, you know, what's the best entry level system to, to go out and, and get it done. Um, and, and that's been a big, and yeah, we were, I was actually, I was, I was talking to Alex yesterday uh, and, and on the website and and the work that they do in the team, you know, is absolutely uh, I mean, it, it's very impressive. The stuff that they're, they're involved in.
1: They've done so much in so little time. Like we gave them, we we're like, "All right, you have a week. If you don't give me the money, I'm just not going to the car." <laughs> 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 not simple. And, like, not rude, but
0: yeah, I mean, but I, I mean, seriously, like that's. Uh, I'm, uh, I think by the time this airs, yeah, it will be. So we were just talking to Willem about it, and he, you know, he's he's working on his Dakar 2025, and exactly what you just said is. Is what's crazy about it is to even say, okay, I'm gonna get ready for the Dakar for the next year. I'm gonna spend the next year getting ready for the Dakar. Now you've you've been a few times to the Dakar already, but it doesn't make it any easier and it makes it even harder when it's like, you know, six weeks, three months, you know, before the Dakar. And it's like, okay this is going to happen. <laughs> you know, now it's time to scramble, you know,
1: try doing it in a month or two, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. Cause even though the race is in January, there's no way, like, I mean.
1: You have to be accepted too, right? Like you, it doesn't matter how much you prepare the car can just say, Oh, you're not in. Yeah. And that's like the crazy thing because for my first car, um, I wasn't accepted. I didn't win the road to the car challenge thing. Like, I I thought we planned at the beginning of the year, all right, we're going. I go to Sonora, I don't win it. Mm-hmm. We go to the Morocco Rally and at Rally du Maroc that's when I find out I'm accepted. And nice. that's October. So
0: Yeah. And that's uh, <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah. it's a pins and needles operation the whole way, you know. There's all these little like it sounds like these there's things that could fall through and make it, you know, not possible.
1: Yeah. Something cool I did this time was um When I was asking people for money, Mm -hmm. I asked them to not send it to me until I could confirm that I was going to get enough from enough people. Mm -hmm. I think this was like, makes it a lot less stressful too. Then you don't have to worry about giving money back because you just don't take it unless you're going, you know? Yeah. This is like something different that I did this year when fundraising. Um, I didn't do a GoFundMe. It's like too much of that kind of stuff. I did promote my Instagram subscribers thing Mm -hmm. for the first time and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to keep it like whatever, you know? Yeah. But also it definitely helps pay the phone bill when my dad's sitting in the motorhome, and you know, now Felipe and now Montana Mike. It's like, and then the food and then the gas. I, I, I'm not making a million dollars on that screen thing, but I'm just trying to say like, Trying to do it the, the least greedy way. Yeah.
0: yeah and the most, it, I mean, it's gotta be cost effective, you know, th- in the most cost effective way and you got to stretch everything. And And that's what like we were talking about earlier. It's like the little details, right? Like I know your dad is, uh, does the updates and, and he really like pushes a lot of stuff to keep everybody in the loop, you know? Yeah. And I think people take that for granted that, that's in another like, country. There's a data plan. There's a phone bill. There's a lot, like even stuff like that is super simple to overlook.
1: Yeah, so. it's also something like I wanted to make sure we did good. Like mm-hmm. for example, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like everybody has YouTube, but not everybody does it in English. I need now. I need someone to translate my videos into other languages. Then you get more people to watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't there's so many.
0: Well, I, I I've been dabbling in that kind of stuff and I can tell you that AI is very scary at translating.
1: I'm trying to not I'm just basically trying to not make money off of friends. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, well, it's I mean the, the biggest thing is is that the people support you, you know, in, in in your mission and what you've done, for what you've already done. So that's, you know.
1: Yeah. I feel like I need to say something also like mm-hmm. to not make money off of friends. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is like everybody's my friend, right? (laughs) Like, that's their, like, probably a bad way to say things. But I'd rather make money off of, like, a manufacturer. Yeah. I want it to be fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a paycheck when it's, when it becomes your, when it's the job. You know, you're paid as an athlete. You know, you're paid to do certain things, you know, paid to develop. I mean, from what I... At least what I can tell from 50,000 feet in away, a away and, and, you know, you're just north of where I'm at, but you're doing a lot of development and testing. And I don't know who else on the team for that, for Kove does that kind of stuff, you know, and so you're working on wh- what I want to see or what I think we're, we're going to see is that you're going to have the bike that they want. You have the Gen 2 bike that had the same rally bike that they do, but you've got the recipe down. Like, you know, I don't, the suspension's like, better, the, just all these little things.
1: Like, why would I be the only one on it? Wouldn't, if they want, like, success, everybody should be on it, then everybody can share the same parts. Like, it doesn't matter what you have in the bivouac. It's, can you help each other during the stage? Yeah, no, exactly. That was kind of a weird thing for me. Mm-hmm. And also, I didn't want to ride the old bike because, you know, when that new KTM comes out, doesn't everybody want that new KTM? Yeah. When the new Yamaha... Yamaha came out, everybody's like, oh, wow, it's new. Like, you, you got to get it right because it's been the same for a million years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, no matter how new something is, like, oh, it's only been one year since change. changed, I don't know. I just want the new stuff because it's cool. It's supposed to be better. Yeah. It's new, it's supposed to be better, right? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you like, and that's the, <laughs> the, I, how I look at it. I mean, this is, you know, and and I think a lot of people share my opinion. Um, Covey being a new brand, they've got, they've got some great writers, you know, not to detract from them, but you've, you have one being one of the youngest competitors in the Dakar stage winner, correct? Youngest stage winner. Yeah. You know, you've, you've shown that you can navigate, you've shown these guys the fast way around, you know, road book out there with stage wins. So for me, like I, I see it as like, he better have, <laughs> there's not a question mark there. He better have the latest and greatest because yeah. there's going to be, not only is there going to be people watching and I mean, it's not, I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want to take this as putting pressure on you, but for the brand and what they are able to do and what you've already done is already like, it's a known recipe. So yeah, you should have the latest bike, you know, and I think that with the testing, again, what what you've already done, you know, just to help make the bike better for you, they should take notice of that and be wondering like, okay, what's all of this? Like, why is he going this route? Why is he doing this? You know, and, and they have, because they have a factory team and you're, yeah. I just, I don't know, maybe help us understand that is there, there is well, a line, not- right? You're not factory cove you're going your privateer under the core.
1: I think it's a, for me, for them, it's a budget thing, right? Like again, I'm looking for a ride at the end of the year. They already have all their riders. The money's already been spent. Like they can't afford to actually pay me. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Um, um, they're not showing up with the trucks like KTM or Honda or hero, you know, mm-hmm. like they're definitely doing it differently for some reason. I don't know. Like what's actually going on, Yeah. but anyways, having the opportunity to have the bike and access to the manufacturing company Cove and all the engineers in China. And like you ask for the tanks to be made out of clear plastic instead of white plastic and they do it. That's pretty nice. Like the little things, and I get to do it my own way. Like I get to go to Dubai, take the bike, and do whatever I want. Yeah, I have to pay, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not doing it for free, which really is obviously not so factory. Yeah. but we're doing it the right way. Like, and I know that we're doing it the right way because I feel like I know what the right way is. You know, mm-hmm. and now I think I know what like a winning bike should feel like, and I know how to make this bike. I think I know how to make this bike feel like a winning bike. Yeah. When you get to do something your own way, it's kind of hard to beat it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's in, in uh, like your mom was talking right now, like all these little things, you know, putting all these things together, like the, the, you know, the, the stuff that you take, I don't want to say you take for granted, but it's like, all right, cool. We're going, you know, we're going racing. You already know, like, you know, the easy up, the generator, the compressor, the all of the things are in that corner of the shop. They need to go into the truck, and we're off to the desert. But then you think about how that's an ocean away, you know, and you have to try and put together that same program. So it's it it's I mean it's a huge undertaking to yeah. to be able to to get to that. So just to kind of uh, wrap it up, there's there's two uh, chrono stage. Sure. What do yeah. you? What do you think about that? I mean, I I feel like there's more details about it now.
1: Going on, right? Like all these people say they have this strategy. Mm -hmm. I think the most ideal thing for me would be if they have bonus time, right? Like think about this. It's easy bonus time both days if you can uh, stay in front. I don't know how it's going to work because before, like at the last car, they just did bonus time until the first refuel or whatever, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If there is a strategy, which I don't think I'm going to do so much strategy this year, mm-hmm. like I'm going to try to not win every day, I think, like that'd be my strategy. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to yo-yo, mm-hmm. um, because you know that's apparently how you win.
0: Yeah, seems like <laughs> doing the the Dakar swing.
1: Yeah, like,
2: but not yo-yo, not too much. Or okay,
1: okay, Skyler didn't really yo-yo, did he? He was winning the whole rally and whatever at the end. Right. Mm-hmm. But like in past, seems like the yo-yo is actually kind of how you win. It's kind of,
0: well, I, you know, I agree. And I think that it's, uh, I like the, the Dakar is trying to work their way around that and try and, and make things more competitive. But I think like what you're saying, to, I, the big takeaway for me is like, what I'm hearing is the, just go out and ride the thing. You yeah. Know, just do your thing and and just focus on that and you know I think uh, I mean the track record is there already. I don't think there's anything really left you know to prove on that side of it. You could ride, you can navigate. I mean, to me, the biggest thing is the navigating. You know, when yeah. when you got guys following you, <laughs>
1: feels good. It's so awesome. It's when you hit the brakes and people behind you also hit the brakes. Yeah. Like <laughs> not way but it's like you have the control you know all these people they look they stopped looking at their roadbook 20 kilometers ago mm-hmm. i yeah. mean not totally true also like that's a big thing like the guys at the front obviously know how to navigate like they know how to navigate in a way right like i think there's definitely different ways to navigate something i learned at the thousand dunas rally in morocco that i just did mm-hmm it's all, like, strategy, right? Like, I'm good because I can navigate, not because of necessarily just my riding skill, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a for me. But I think a lot of people, they're good because they can ride like crazy. They can navigate, but their riding is better than their navigating. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, like, the opposite. I'm, my navigating is better than my riding in comparison. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to ride up front by navigating, like... That's what I think. Like, if I started 40th, would I really make up as much time as someone like Toby, who's probably the fastest guy there? That's something, like, something to learn this year, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, the way they ride is adapted to their navigation and their, their riding skill, right? And the way I've been doing it is because of the way I ride and I navigate. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be good if I wasn't trying to navigate. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Well, I think okay. it's it's definitely the balance. It's definitely the balance of the two where you know, okay, how you could be a very poor rider and know how to navigate and you'll get so far up the field. But yeah. then but then there gets a point where I think that everybody's kind of riding at that speed and at that level and then the difference becomes the you know, even even more of that that navigation. You can't outride the road book. Right. Uh, you, I mean, you can. You end up missing waypoints, you end up missing corners, you know.
1: And this is everybody does it. Like you just said, you can't you're you can be so fast, but eventually you're not gonna win because your navigation skills. Yeah. But so I'm at like this is perfectly what I was thinking. I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm just good at reading the road book, and to win, I need to learn how to ride. Like, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people in the back, maybe they know how to navigate like crazy, and this is why they're in it, because they're ex-military crazy airplane flyer dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the kinds of people that get accepted, you know? The, the people with something wrong in their brains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's right.
0: Yeah. I think it's true. I mean, it's not, I mean, you, you have to have it to, I mean, there's gotta be something there to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to go race the Dakar. I'm going to go get lost for 15 days and get myself unlost every single yeah.
1: day. <laughs> it's just the main, the main takeaway is nobody can ride like Toby, you know? Yeah. Like if there is a strategy, there's no way my strategy could be the same as the other guys. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's like this is the temptation, right? Like I'm trying something new this year for sure. Yeah. The problem is when you do good from the beginning, you're like, well, I don't want to change what's working. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking at this last, car. car, mm-hmm. the car, I need to actually like take risks, but not at, in, not because of speed, but like I need to be not afraid to lose a bunch of time on one day. Yeah. To try it. Gain a bunch of time on another, you know, mm-hmm. like go into the corner slow so you can leap fast.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. riding. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that goes without say, right. It's just being more methodical in the riding, you know, knowing that it's going to be a long, you know, a long haul and conserving energy, you know, everything that you've been doing on the bike and getting everything dialed in and, and getting that bike set for you. You know, I think that all of that is, is maybe that's that one or two miles an hour. You know, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, you know, after becoming a subscriber and kind of seeing the stuff that you've been posting that it almost feels like you have more time, I think, and you mentioned it, you have more time on something that's much closer to what you're going to be racing and way more like development and suspension and working and dialing and changing these things so that, when you get to that bike, that your actual race bike, I think that one or two miles an hour that you were maybe looking for may just come naturally just simply because you spent all of this time working on a bike. Like that's not, I'm going to say not a known recipe. You, yeah. can, you can't walk in. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you walked into HHM a- and, and I'm like, I need the suspension for this. And it's like, well, this is what we're going to do. You know, you can't walk into uh, any of the other suspension shops around town and expect them to have settings. But you walk in and you go, hey, I got a a 2016 FE 501. I mean, with their eyes closed, they can tell you what shim stack, what springs, what, you know. And so so I think that that is it's important.
1: Actually, it was like walking in and getting something almost perfect right away
0: that's and that is that is nothing but talent
1: (laughs) so to be fully honest when i do release my my suspension clicker settings Mm -hmm. and the basic stuff you know you can get the valving from brandon but i'll tell you how i set my bike up the only thing i've actually changed is the rebound in the rear shock and the uh compression the low speed compression Mm -hmm. um I ended up stiffening it to where there was only like I started at 10 clicks of compression, low speed. Ended up with two left, brought it back into Brandon. Now I have 14 clicks. So that way, when I get to the dunes, I can make it even stiffer. Like the suspension is the same, feels the same, everything's the same. Except now I have 14 clicks stiffer.
0: Yeah. Well, you have room, you have the, the Dakar buffer. Yeah. You know, you can go and, and it could be a little bit off, but you can at least bring it back with clickers.
1: That and I can go softer. So it's like the big thing is being able to go there in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. We I mean, don't know I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to go yet. Yeah.
0: See, and that's what I'm saying. It's like it's all those little it's like all these little things.
1: The other I've, thing is I like we were saying the new bike weighs like a spring rate less. So I'm bringing extra springs and getting
0: it all figured
1: out. Yeah. Good. Okay. So a lot going
0: on. I know you got, you got to get working on the, uh, on the packing thing. Uh, if, uh, the, the craziest tip I've ever heard on packing for, uh, for the Dakar was from, uh, Lauren Lassard where he packs everything by day in its own little baggie. So then he yeah. knows that day he just grabs that bag and it's got everything he needs. in it. <laughs> Dude, that is a level of OCD. I might exp- aspire to someday, but <laughs> in the meantime,
1: I, I gear yet, to be honest, it's not going to arrive at my house till I leave to Dubai. So no oh, man, hard for me to do anything properly. Yeah. It, it makes it, it just makes it challenging. That's the only thing. Yeah. So my, I just got my boots in my helmet the other day. Um, the the helmet I got, the new Alpine Star helmet, is different than the one that I had the graphics template made for. Oh, okay. So I dropped off the helmets again and now Factory FX is fixing that up. Nice. Hopefully by Monday my helmets are ready again and I can use the helmet bag to pack stuff in also. Yeah. It's not- <laughs> I got a Definitely. feeling there's
0: gonna be stuff in everything. Even the little the empty space where your head goes in the helmet is probably gonna be packed with stuff. <laughs>
1: I'm not on time with anything except for, I guess, the suspension and uh, my entry. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest part, I guess, is the entry.
0: Yeah.
1: signing up. That's what everybody says. That's the easy part.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So, to wrap it, wrap it up, uh, let's talk support. Who, uh, you know, we, we, we know Effective Soft, but we also need to know... How the listeners and how we can kind of help, you know, support the, support the train and headed to, uh, you heading to Dakar.
1: All right. So I'm selling t-shirts. I think that's the easy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm selling through my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I have a website. You just type in Mason Klein t-shirts. Uh, I'm pretty sure. mason Mason Klein. Dot com. Dot com. Got it. Link will Uh, be in the description. My Instagram, Mason underscore Klein one. My Facebook, Mason Klein. Um, I've had a lot of help this year from a lot of people, which has been really cool. Um, Getting the I got the shirts designed and started printing in like two days. Nice. Like I just I my friend had an idea Harth Noah. Stole mm-hmm. the idea, got it done A month in advance From his from his shirt nice. It was pretty uh, Thanks to uh, Fuck You Racing mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Joe Haller That was a pretty cool guy Yeah. Uh, obviously to go training You need um, You need to be able to transport the bikes And we've been bringing a lot of bikes Out there with us So been using the Joe Haller racks Um Obviously, Mike Belante and Landmark Dodge. They're the reason why I have uh, a motorhome. Nice. Obviously, many other things, but uh, he's been supporting me since the very beginning, also. Um, there's a lot of people. Motor Minded has supported me from the beginning. The first rally tower I ever got was Motor Minded. Mm-hmm. I like MotorMinded Towers. Like, I just, that's what I'm used to. Normally, I don't mind changing, like, you know, going to what's the best testing out everything. Mm-hmm. And I've tried a few rally towers in my life so far. And I do like the motor mining one more. Yeah. My preference, definitely a preference thing, right? Like the, the road book has to be in the right spot for your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. We got the same vision of where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, obviously there's like a million other people. Yeah. Um, those are the, many- but well, sorry for making it go so slow, just trying to not making anybody mad by forgetting them. It's not that I'm forgetting them. I have it all right here in front of me. It's, uh, so, it, and I mean, and there's
0: like a thousand and one things still left to do. So, <laughs> so it's not anything that about the company or anything like that. You yeah. Know, you got a lot going on. So, Yeah. Nice.
1: Demoto. Nice. A lot of stuff. Thank you, Victor, for doing this call with me and my family. Yeah,
0: yeah. Of course, it's a pleasure.
1: Here, he got sick, so that's crazy. Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, get it, get it out of the way. <laughs> get the yeah. get that immune system up, because then is going to be a challenging few weeks. So yeah, yeah. I hope he's uh, feeling a little better. Win yeah. next year. Yeah, dude, me it's too. gonna be it's gonna be awesome.
1: We had a program, we had a plan. I thought for sure no reason he wouldn't win this year. Mm-hmm. Like actually. You know, if you know Carter, if you've seen him ride, you'd be like, yeah, he's winning.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> I saw the I saw the light streak a couple times at the thousand in some of the posts on, on social media. <laughs> it's like you could you could tell. Uh, first of all, I mean, my what I saw, the video I saw, I saw one X. I saw him on the bike through San Felipe. And then I saw that uh, I think it was three X Syrians bike. Yeah.
1: You see the comparison video? Uh, yes. I think it's not a competition. I'm, I'm really like, I'm glad I'm not Carter because I feel like I'm allowed to say Carter is like a badass. <laughs> he is. If I was Carter, lucky, okay, right? But now it's just like, no, nah, I believe in him. Yeah. he is good. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: in the, I mean, like anything else, it's you. Uh, what is it in the, uh, in the great words of uh, Ty Davis, you can't fake fast. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the, you know, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of often,
0: uh, to, uh, to who, uh, tie?
1: Yeah. Nice. Oh, and, um, moto minded. Moto minded helmet light. If you want to be able to see in Baja. Yeah. You should probably have a helmet light set up. They oh. have like a lot of stuff. People even use them at the rallies when they know they're going to come in at 3am. Mm hmm. Like people do this. Actually, I see the motor, my helmet lights out there and nice. pretty cool.
0: Nice. Well, and that's true because I mean, it. I feel like the headlight thing on rally bikes is, um,
1: it's not allowed at the car or whatever, but I mean, yeah. the, the headlight is kind of the worst thing in the world. Right. And then yeah, in our class and the car and whatever the world rallies, mm-hmm. it's a, that you
0: have to use a stock headlight yeah so yeah because dia or whatever dot or homogulated or whatever it is you can't use a super powerful light but that just means i mean to me it's it's a safety thing because you guys yeah you race in the daylight except you mingle with local traffic on the way there and on the way home so yeah. <laughs> well,
2: basically yeah. nice. all right well, excellent Sorry. all right guys
3: Victor.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get to it. I got, uh, one more call today and we're, uh, we're hitting it. So enjoy, uh, enjoy the practicing, get a little bit of rest. I'm going to do some travel. Yes. Excellent. Thank you, Victor. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Carter. See you later. Bye. Feel better. Bye. All right. So there you have it. That is the Kleins. So Carter and Mason, Obviously, doing a, a lot of racing. Carter, fresh off of the win at the Baja One Thousand on the One X team. Through, I mean, we all know. You guys heard it in the episode. We, we, we know that is San Felipe is one of the hardest sections. And and the quick story I have on that one is I did it once. I thought I was like, well, it can't be that bad. There's got to be lines. There has to be lines. And I, I looked for them. I got on zoo road. I headed a hundred yards one way, and then I turned around and headed a hundred yards the other way. And there was no new tracks, meaning that all the guys were just going right up the whoops and doing all that stuff. So very challenging section. Carter did awesome on that, you know, kept the bike up front. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the question mark with bikes. You know, any, you know, one off can be the the difference in, in losing a, a 30 minute lead, you know, in no time. So very competitive class in the pro moto, uh, section of that event, 1,310 miles. So absolutely uh, awesome job by the whole team. And then Carter, you know, solidifying that in the San Felipe section. That, that was absolutely awesome. So with that, we got Mason headed to the Dakar, going to be doing some testing. I'm stoked. I mean, I, I really do. I'm I do believe on what we've done or what we've done, what he has been able to do. Uh, with the testing and with the suspension and everything that is going on with that bike, you know, yes, he's getting a Gen Two bike for the rally, which is awesome. I mean, that's that's a move on Cove. You know, they had they, I mean that that shouldn't even be a question mark uh, again because of the attention that Mason has, his ability to navigate, his proven record of you know stage wins and and being able to keep a bike up front or get a bike up front and navigate and show people around the desert, you know, run the tour out there. And so those things all put together with the time that he's been spending on the suspension. I think that's where it's at, you know, horsepower is horsepower, but if you're able to get a suspension that allows you to ride the bike comfortably and fast, you know, that is, it it makes a very, very big difference. So I feel, you know, as I mentioned, I feel like he's spent more time dialing in this setup and and getting it more for him to make the bike feel like home, that I think we're going to see some really good results out of it. So that that's what we're looking for. Um, you know, you heard it from from Lisa and talking about you know what the logistics of this looks like, the undertaking that this is. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, there's the business, there's the logistics side of it, uh, and then you've got the team. You know, Felipe, Mike, Larry, everybody going over there and and working on helping you know, put this program together, you know, you, it, it sounds like from, you know, 30,000 feet up, it sounds like it's a a privateer effort, which it is. Uh, but it feels like, you know, you got to take care of all of these little things that you would do for a weekend race, but you got to make sure you've got everything you're going to need for 15 of those weekends, you know, 15 race days, and and figuring out you know how is this going to happen how is this going to shake loose you know all of the little things it's the little things that are going to bite you in the in the butt you know and so partnering with dust and how they're uh you know kind of working together just on the outskirts there i think that's an awesome you know an awesome move uh and then all the you know and then the companies that are helping support mason so you guys are heard it you know and, and we've talked about it and we use their stuff uh from moto minded Uh, Chris and the team out there always coming up with new things, got little things going. I mean, it's awesome, you know, to see them, to see them develop stuff. And I have in, and I, I have the rally tower, you know, and that rally tower is absolutely stout, you know, in its design and, and he's worked on it and refined it and all that stuff. And, you know, it's good. And I can tell you that it's constantly sold out. So you got to get your hands on one if you haven't already, but you're going to have to maybe wait in line a little bit. Uh, but it's absolutely worth it. And, I, and I'll tell you the time that I realized was worth it when uh, a rider uh, took it for a loop. It was at Sonora Rally. Um, you know, this is the, the the kind of, you know, the, the team that uh, Mason, Larry, Lisa, you know, the, the core off-road team um, allowed one of the other competitors to run uh, on their bike. You know, a known competitor, they race together and uh, stuff. There. They run in the same circles. Uh, they let him use the bike and he had a tumble and end over end. And th- the only part that was broken on it was the actual factory uh, KTM windscreen. But other than that, the road book, everything was still straight. Everything was intact. It was, I, I was impressed. That was it. I'm like, you got to think about how much leverage that is by that tower sticking out and, and where it is on the bike and how easy it could be to damage it. And for it to not be damaged, that was pretty awesome. So anyway, we're going to wrap the episode up. I hope you guys have been enjoying the programming. We are working together. i uh actually messaging with, uh, with Lizzie. We've got to take an inventory of all the episodes and all the stuff that's coming your way. And make sure we get it released in time for the Dakar. 2024 Dakar Rally going to be coming up soon. Hope you guys are staying tuned for that, and don't forget we got a lot of rallies coming up here in North America. Starting off, starting the party with the coast to coast rally in February. That is going to be the 18th through the 24th, 28th. I Think I would do this seven days uh, in February. So we will be uh, we will be down there for that one, uh, checking it out. It's uh, 18th through the 25th in February. So towards the end of uh, towards the end of February. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. I should have all of these dates down. I think I'm just thinking we got another episode to record today. But like I say, it'll make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. What's going on, guys? Victor with the Chasing Waypoints Podcast. All right, are you looking to promote your brand to a worldwide audience on the podcast? Drop us a line at podcast at chasingwaypoints.com and let's talk. See what we can do about getting you some more ears for your company and getting the word out worldwide. All right. That is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Looking forward to our next one coming up. Remember, if you are out riding, do not forget to tag us at Chasing Waypoints. Hashtag Chasing Waypoints. And if you haven't already, get on over to the website. Get signed up for the newsletter. The Bibwack. North America's Rally Raid and adventure riding newsletter. Hey, let's have some fun. Let's find out what are you guys up to. Let's get you featured. If you're a brand and looking to get supported, get some eyeballs, get some ears on your business. Absolutely hit us up. Send us a message at podcast at chasing waypoints. But anyway, that is a wrap. Remember, shiny side up. See you guys.